0: and rock and roll? Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down
1: that big old fairway Don't want no hackers to get in my way The boys and me got a big Nassau going Even
2: drive
0: It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game.
1: Hey, bring me another bucket of We love it. And turn on the
3: lights. I love to play. Hello. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, in the house, Will Perry, and live from the players, the TPC, Sawgrass, and the stadium course, it's Holly G. Hello, Will.
2: Hey, Holly. You know, I'm super jealous of you right now that you're up there uh, in uh, Ponte Vedra.
3: Well, it is buzzing up here. It is just been an absolutely uh, quintessential golf day up here, a little breeze coming off uh, the beaches. And, um, you know, it's a a beautiful time to be in Ponte Vedra, and the players are just all talking about what great shape the golf course is in. And I was out a little bit today, uh, the new 12th hole, of course, the 17th, the Island Green. We got a lot to talk about later in the show. Uh, We do have an abbreviated show tonight because of UCF baseball, but... We've got uh, 45 minutes of golf to fill you in right here from the players. And, Will, there was some big happenings in golf over the weekend, uh, starting off with the Wells Fargo, uh, a lefty, not uh, Phil Mickelson, but Brian Harmon winning on Sunday.
2: What a win that was for him. I mean, he actually birdied 18 to pull it out there right at the end. There was a a three-way tie. It was looking like Dustin Johnson was going to – kind of throw his, his name right into the mix after, I don't know, what has it been, um, four four or five weeks, roughly, since he's teed it up last? Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's uh, been, you know, I I, I thought remarkable that DJ could just get right back into the swing of things, which he did, and really quite an amazing shot that Harmon, you know, he stubbed his third shot, uh, overshot the green, and made that 28-footer for birdie on 18 to seal the deal, beating out some you know pretty tough competition in Dustin Johnson. And John Rum, who once again uh, chalks up another top-ten finish, He's he is going to be one to watch here.
2: Absolutely. He just can't – well, I wouldn't say can't. He just keeps throwing his name into the mix for for potential to win. Actually, uh, Ed, on his blog this week for us, he, he mentioned that he liked, uh, as a, a rookie, to put your – Put your um, your betting, you know, side behind. Was, was John Rahm this week? I mean, he's he's shown up pretty much in every tournament that he's played so far this year.
3: Well, and for a, you know, you got to remember, this guy's a rookie. Um, but he's not
2: acting know, like, like it. These,
3: a lot of these guys, you know, they've got experience. They know the courses. He said in a press conference yesterday that you know, having played college golf, he only got a day to you know, kind of size up the golf course. But you know, and and that, that's you know he's he's really good at doing that clearly. But when you think of you know the amount of time the guys have had uh, to to play these courses and to prepare, uh, he, it's it's really amazing what he's done so far. Maybe uh, already we can be talking about him as rookie of the year.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I haven't looked at his stats from from where he was at uh, before the match play or since the match play, but he's already had a number of top tens. He's he has one win already this year. He's been in the hunt for several others. Um, you know, you you would have to think. I mean, I, no one else even really immediately comes to mind who's come close to having the the sort of start uh, that these had so far this year. But maybe maybe when we catch up with Jeff a little bit later from Golf Week, he might have a little bit of insight on that, I'm sure. I know he likes John.
3: Yeah, he sure does. Uh speaking of John, John yeah, Daly. big John Daly. John Daly wins Wild. at the Woodlands, Texas, the at the Woodlands in Texas, uh the insparity on the champions tour, beating out Tommy Armor the third and Kenny Perry. Long John back in it. That was a, a big drought. I think his last win was two thousand four. And uh wow, that's good for that's good for the game.
2: Well I think anybody who's you know, followed his career over, you know, what, the last two decades would have to, you know, it's good to see, well, from the sense of of how well-documented it has been. I mean, we saw the ESPN 30 for 30 documentary that was on, I don't know when that was, probably back in the fall. Um, just of all the the ups and downs that John's had, I mean, it's cool to see that, that he won again. I mean, you know, everybody has kind of like that one last moment, um, and maybe this was his, you know, maybe hope it'll... It'll kind of like spur him to to play a little bit better on the Champions Tour, but definitely good to see uh, a W back for uh, for John Daly.
3: And nobody could wear the red, white, and blue better than <laughs> John wearing those loudmouth pants that he's made famous. Uh, but boy, you know he's he's always had. You know we know that John can just hit the heck out of the ball but a lot of people don't realize what great touch and creativity he has around the greens and it really showed off and especially on Sunday.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's, um, he's always one of those guys that just is such a feel player that you never really know <laughs> what's going to happen. I mean, you know, all of those, he's had plenty of big numbers that have been documented. Um, he's always kind of battled the mental side of his game. He doesn't have the most traditional golf swing, but he can definitely score. I mean, he's proven that throughout his career. Um, but, you know, he's he's almost just as likely to, you know, miss a cut probably as he is to potentially, you know, go low or win a tournament.
3: Well, all eyes are at the players. And uh, uh, Sergio Garcia in the press room today for the first time since his Masters win and um you know he's yeah you got had
2: a little that, walk with sergio today
3: y- i did i did he's, he's still got that megawatt mile going from <laughs> ear to ear took can you blame him a couple weeks took, took a couple weeks off went to switzerland i guess he's got a home there with his fiance and um you know just he said he just uh really just chilled out for two weeks and good for him um you know he he I asked him, you know, what was, how he felt about, you know, the great reception he's gotten, not only in America, but around the world, I think. Um, And he said the thing that um, has meant the most to him is the way that the players uh, have reacted. He said that, um, he said, you know, uh, it shows me how much my fellow players respect me and care about me. It's something that you can't really fake. So that's awesome. And, you know, you could tell he was, you know, just really enjoying the moment. And then I asked him if, um, you know, his his strategy or his goals were going to change any, you know, now that he's got the first major for the rest of the majors this year. And he said, you know, not really. He's really always played his game just about, you know, getting better and constantly improving. And I asked him specifically, though, about the Open Championship. We know that. That probably, like many players here in the US, dream about sinking a putt at the Masters of the US Open. You know that probably most European tour players think about the open championship. It's you know, their their number one major. And uh he said, you know, that he was really looking forward to that. So spent a lot of time with the media, uh just very, very gracious, very personable and you know that's the Sergio we love, as you know.
2: Well, that's that's for sure. I mean, did you did you kind of get a sense at all on what his his spirit is like this week? I mean, returning to a place that he's both won and has had some some difficulties, honestly, playing the Players Championship as well. He's had he's been in the hunt several other times too, only to have come down to the seventy second hole or so, roughly, to have just kind of missed out.
3: Yeah, I you know I think overall he just. He loves this golf course. He feels, um, you know, that it suits his game really well.
2: It's definitely a ball striker's that, golf course, and that he is sure is.
3: Oh my gosh! Especially an iron player, you know, coming into these greens, the players are saying they're firm, they're fast. Uh, I've heard several people say around the media center that that may favor, you know, the best of the best putters, which would uh, probably bode well for Ricky Fowler. Um, you know, coming into it here, and possibly Jordan Spieth. And speaking of Ricky, he aced 17 today in the practice round. Very nice. Where so, did they have the know, pin at today? Uh, I didn't see it, actually. I think it was um, maybe center. Uh, I, I saw a brief clip, but, you know, there's. I think nobody that likes 17 better than Ricky Fowler, as we know, that amazing round, final round he played in 2015, where uh, I think he birdied it what three times coming down the yeah. stretch and between the playoff and and uh, coming from behind by six shots in that tournament was really something else.
2: For sure, and he he's kind of played well as of late as well. He uh, I think it was like uh, I was reading some stats earlier today. He I think he finished tied for 11th at the Masters. He won earlier in the year, and you know he's kind of starting to to regain that form and. And even though he missed the cut, you know, there last year, I think it's probably a place that he feels super comfortable about. I mean, even going back to his days at, you know, junior golf, you know, he's played this golf course a ton of times. Um, He's a great ball striker as well, and he can get hot with the putter too.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, uh, some interesting um, background on a few of the players. We know Henrik Stenson has played well here and is a, you know, former champion. There's never been a back-to-back champion Believe it or not, 2013—hard, hard to imagine. Feels like forever. You know who won that? Players, Tiger Woods. Will. Right. That
2: seems like forever ago by this point.
3: Yeah, it it sure does. And uh, interestingly, in the pack just behind Ricky Fowler in 2015 was Brian Harmon. So you know he might be a sleeper pick this week, coming off his win.
2: Okay, so um, you might take him as your as your B pick this week then, possibly.
3: I don't know. I'm going to hold my cards on that until <laughs> we get a little, uh, a little later in the show. But um, I know we've got a lot of golf coming up. Uh, we've got uh, Jeff Babineau from Golf Week as well as Gary Smith, the local uh, golf writer here from the Times Union in Jacksonville who's covered this tournament, I think, uh, almost 30 years. And uh, so we've got a lot more golf coverage coming up. You're listening to the Golf Insiders live from the TPC. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up.
0: Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I
1: can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose.
3: from the Players' Championship at the Stadium of course, it's TPC Sawgrass and beautiful Ponte Vedra and in the house Will Perry hold down the fort while I'm up here uh, enjoying a little field research and uh field research out. is that
2: what you're calling it
3: that's what I'm calling it my friend and uh, what a, a beautiful beautiful day it is and I know uh, I had lunch with him earlier today. Mr. Jeff Babineau is on the line from Golf Week to uh, give us his thoughts as we are about to tee it up in round number one tomorrow. Hey, Jeff.
0: Hey, gang. Yeah, we're we're ready to go. You know, it's uh, it's been a nice lead up here. We've got a lot of news the last couple of days. Uh, a lot of the big players have been through the interview area and everything, and, and we're ready to tee it up and get it going here.
3: Um, what did you think of, about DJ today in the press room, Jeff? Um, he just seems to uh, <laughs> walk around like nothing bothers that guy. It's amazing.
0: Nothing, yeah. It could be a bank safe falling over his head and he wouldn't, he wouldn't <laughs> know it. Uh, and that's that's good. I mean, that's part of his makeup. Uh, but but there's a supreme confidence in him right now too. Uh, you know, he had a close call last weekend, winning that fourth start in a row, and. He doesn't have a great track record here at the players, so it's going to be interesting to, uh, to see how he does but I mean his game is in such good shape right now you've you got to think he's going to play well anywhere.
3: yeah and I think he's really got a lot of the other guys um, you know wondering what the, what the heck' going to take to knock him off that number one spot because he does just play with you know such a you know such confidence and such swagger you know I mean it's, it really right. is
0: remarkable. Well, and he's built a, a sizable lead. You know, there's a lot of world ranking points at stake this week. There's 80 points for the winner, which is compared to you know 50 say last week for Brian Harmon at the Wells Fargo. So uh, Jordan Spieth certainly knows that. A lot of these guys know that. There's a big gap that Dustin's building between these guys. You know, it's kind of Tiger-esque the way uh, Tiger used to build that world ranking lead, and you'd be, you know, you'd know you'd be 12 months, 18 months out of even a shot of overtaking this guy. And that's only if he starts to tumble a little bit. So, every week that Dustin Johnson is putting up a great finish, which he's doing a lot of lately, uh, he just keeps piling up those points and making the distance even larger.
2: Jeff, do you kind of get the sense that I mean, you mentioned that he's got that supreme confidence about him right now. When we were chatting about his return last week, you had mentioned um, you know something to the effect of you know other players. He's he's kind of that guy that the other other players are kind of might be looking at right now. I know that maybe he hasn't had the best track record the best track record at the players, but I mean is he playing so well that it it doesn't really matter where he plays at this point.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so, Will. I mean he is just playing so well. His wedge game is so good, he's putting it well. I mean the one thing this course does, it kinda harnesses the long hitters. You know, you won't see Dustin Johnson hitting a lot of drivers out here. You know, they they made that twelfth hole into a drivable three hundred two yard hole he's not going to be going for it because his wedge play is so good and he's been doing that on par fives lately too. He'll lay it up and not take the aggressive play because he knows his wedge play is going to give him a, a nice look at birdie. So he's definitely that guy right now that has it going on. He's putting his name on the board and these other guys see it and they're definitely intimidated by it because because they know he's not going to back down. But it's uh, you know it's been an interesting run. We've had Jason Day at the top. Uh, you've had Rory up there. Now Dustin Johnson's taking his turn and and Jordan Spieth as well, and, and you just kind of, uh, these guys know he's going to be a tough guy to catch for, for a while here.
3: Now, Rory is looking uh, pretty happy, pretty relaxed, fab. He's back from a big wedding, and uh, changing clubs, going with Taylor May, which was announced yesterday, now, do you think that's something that would take him out of you know the weekend, or do you think it's no big deal? We know he had some trouble when he switched equipment a few years back, going to Nike. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Right, and it's always a, a tough dynamic when you change a couple of variables. Right, it's one thing if you get put a new set of irons in the bag, or you have new driver in the bag, or or you're trying a new ball. When you're changing everything at once, it's kind of hard. To, it's hard to gauge the variables and what's going on with what. So. Uh, he has used this equipment in practice, and he liked what he's seen. But I think it's a totally different deal under the gun. And, and so it will be interesting. You know, you've know, got to be pretty exact here with your yardages and control your ball flights. And, and he's kind of still in a bit of an experimental stage. So uh, I for that reason, I do kind of lay off him this week, although you look at the flip side of that and how happy this guy is right now, what a place he seems to be in his life all the pieces have kind of fallen into place and golf's going to be the last part. He's played very little this year. He's got a big run ahead. He's still got 17 tournaments to play this year. So uh, this is really when he wants to hit his stride going into these summer majors.
3: I thought it was interesting too. He talked about Jack Nicholas, who, you know, he seems to have spent a lot of time around and talking to and he said he had watched his, his uh, documentary on the golf channel and that he really appreciated how Jack was able to balance his family life and, you know, golf life and professional life out, you know, side of golf. Um, You know, wondering if uh, maybe Rory's thinking about that family coming around the corner.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. He and and Sergio might be in a race here pretty soon. Who knows? Uh, Sergio is 10 years older than Rory. So, but it's a big part of it. You know, Adam Scott talked about that, you know, in other sports, you have a team out here. You don't, you have a family and it changes your life. It changes dynamics. It changes the way you travel and where you travel and what your schedule looks like. And, and Jack Nicklaus did it with five kids. That's one of always the uh, underrated things of the tournaments uh, or of the career he put together. You know, he had five kids. He won all those majors. He won all those tournaments and he still got home to watch the football games and the basketball games and, and the golf matches. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a whole different landscape for him coming up. You know, as a married guy, but you can just tell his his world slowed down in a nice kind of way. With all, it's been hectic lately, but now with a wedding behind him, everything's kind of slowing down in a nice way, and you can really focus on the golf. and And I like it when these players look into history and and learn things about the greats that have come before them. Uh, so I think that's a valuable little piece of information for Rory McIlroy.
3: We're talking to Jeff Babineau from Golf Week. We're live from the Players Championship. Who, who are you um, keeping your eye on that maybe uh, our, our listeners might not be paying attention to, Jeff? There's so many players coming into this thing. We've we've had such a jam-packed couple of days of press conferences um, with you know so many so many of the twenty-somethings that have opportunities here, and then you know some of the past champions. Uh, you know, are you thinking that? And, and you know the TPC always brings us kind of a, a mixed leaderboard. I right, was right. going back through some of them the last uh, couple of years today, and you know we'll have really, you know, I mean Rory Sabatini was on the leaderboard I think it was two years ago. Uh, that you know there's there's a bunch of guys that kind of pop up out of nowhere, and then you know you have your your
0: veterans. Right. I mean, well it's a very democratic golf course, which is good because it's the Players Championship and you wouldn't want to come to a course year over year that favors one style of player, right? So it, it's uh, all these guys are in the mix. So Zach Johnson here is every bit a a factor as Dustin Johnson. It's not a, a place where length is going to really separate you. The longer hitters have to have to kind of lean back and play the course more strategically. And that's what makes it interesting. It puts a lot of these guys in the mix. So if you're looking for sleepers out of that category, out of the, the guys who pop on the board, it might not be the, the top of the top that you're thinking of. I mean, a Russell Knox plays this place very well. I like Kevin Chappell here. He's a great ball striker and he has success enough to be a runner up here. Uh, you know, Kevin Kisner could pop in here with his ball striking and, and management and grit, you know, you're going to have to fight out there. It's going to get windy on Friday and, and this place can play tough and you got to have some fighting you too. But at the top of the board, I'm I'm kind of interested to see Sergio play this week. You know, he's had the long layoff after augusta but he has been practicing the last few weeks getting ready to come back and he's got a great track record here he's a past winner here he has five other top tens and uh i think he's a guy that could definitely have success this week
3: what about justin thomas
0: you know justin thomas has shot some low ones here i don't know that he's done it you know he's had some nice tournaments here but he's got to do it for four rounds and sometimes i think the biggest test with him is patience uh, and, and this is the place that's going to test your patience. You're going to make a double somewhere. Uh, you're going to get a bad break and, and get an odd lie near a green and, and make double. Uh, it's going to happen. So it's how you handle that. It's how much you don't let that rattle. You can't, you can't on the back end of those press yourself into making more mistakes. So with him, it's just going to be, how, how do you tactically, you know, explore and attack this golf course? And, and I'm sure he's, you know, he's certainly figuring that out, but, But one thing he's really lacked in his season, having already won three times, he's really lacked consistency. So that's what he's trying to build, and he's trying to build it over four rounds here. And if so, he's certainly capable of doing that.
3: Well, it's always exciting to see who may break through. We know how much this tournament means. Uh, It is the Players' Championship. And as always, Babs, we appreciate spending some time with you. And check out all of their great coverage this week at GolfWeek.com. Thanks so much, my friend.
0: You got it. See you, Holly and Will.
3: All right. This is the Golf Insiders. We'll be right back with more Golf Talk.
1: Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble. Won't pay the price. I love my muni. I think it's nice, and be good It'd just make
3: We're back with Golf Insiders. In the house, Will Perry, and live from the Players' Championship in beautiful Vidra. Holly G, and uh, Will, you want to tell all of our listeners how they can check out more of the Golf Insiders?
2: Absolutely. We've got some great coverage, actually, from up there this week. We've got Gary Van Sickle, who gro- wrote a great piece on the blog, uh, former uh, Golf Digest writer, and we've got some other other interesting stuff as well, some of the new changes to number 12 up there at the stadium course. And as always, check us out at The Golf Insiders on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, check out that blog, too. We've got a lot of interesting inside takes for you, and I know you'll have plenty of more material for us from being up there these past couple days, too.
3: Absolutely. and We'll waste no more time because we have uh, probably the guy that's covered the Players' Championship, one of the longest local people in the Jacksonville area, Gary Smith from the Florida Times-Union, on the line somewhere floating around the media center. Hey, Gary, how are ya? How you? Doing, Holly? Doing how are you well? doing, Holly? Is well, is
1: All you doing is just aging me.
3: Oh, not at all, not at all. We know you started as a prodigy right out of high school. Come on.
1: Well, I actually did. Uh, But I I was a sports editor for a weekly newspaper in Maryland when I was
3: 19.
1: Well, I'll tell you what,
3: nobody covers this this tournament better than you. So first let's just talk about there's been a few changes to the course, um, specifically number 12, uh, which has been in the past a little dog leg, short dog leg left. Um, that, you know, was sort of a, eh, kind of a sleeper hole, really not too exciting. And they've now, you know, brought that green, moved it to the right about 30 yards, I guess, put a lake and have now created a really exciting hole where the players may be able to drive it and go for eagle.
1: Well, not only that, but they'll be able to drive it without the driver. Uh, Some days it may play about 275 to about 310. Well, some of these guys can get, 310 with the utility club, uh, two iron. Uh, you know, John Rahm uh, just the other day at at, uh, at the Wells Fargo at Eagle Point, he I think he had like uh, uh, you know 275 or something, hit and blew a five wood over the green. So, so these guys are are long enough, and and I think some of them were a little bit leery beforehand about uh, you know, do I really want to drive this? And I heard there's water. Left and as you know, they're they're afraid of overcooking the draw all the time. That's Serbia. We fear the slice, they fear the draw, and uh, but when they have seen it and they realize, you know, I can get up around that green and the, and the ground's so hard up here. You've, you've been up here, you know what it's like. It's dry, probably the same thing down in Central Florida. But they can they can bounce a five wood or, or a two iron up there and get that on the green. So just because it's drivable doesn't mean they're going to use driver. And I think once the players have played some practice rounds on that, they've 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 seen that because they can they can control a cut a little bit better with a uh, a long iron a utility club a five wood. So uh, I, I think they may approach it a little bit cautiously because the green does slope from right to left, and the green is hard. Is, is well renovated greens are a little bit harder uh, when they first start playing on them, and uh, so. You know, we'll we'll see. We've already had a uh, oh gosh, I think it was Jordan Spieth lipped out for a, for a one there in a practice round. And uh, of course, you know, Ricky Fowler made a hole in one at seventeen today in a practice. That's round. right. Too bad you can't. Too bad you can't take that with you. Uh, but I I think the one thing about twelve is gonna it's gonna give them options. Dustin Johnson was talking about this. It, it gives them options before. And you talked about number twelve it was a little nondescript. It was. It was kind of like you start out the back nine and maybe you make up some ground and 10's a short par four for them and 11's a par five, okay, I can get a birdie there. And 12, they could play it for a safe birdie look with a four iron and a, and a wedge in there. And uh, now this caused them to think a little bit more. What really sets that up as four is on Sunday because on Sunday, number 13, which has played tough all week with the lower left pin on Sunday – the guys can hit that slope and they run it back in there. It's somewhat similar to the way Augusta National sets up 16 for Sunday, that par three. Then you go from there. You survive uh, 14, 15. Now 16 is a short par five. You can make up some ground there. And you know they can, you know, you, you know weep and wail about number 17 all they want, but that's still uh, that's still a birdie hole. I and mean, you still got a wedge in your hand. And they should look at it that way if 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 they don't already. So, uh, what this happens is you've got on the back nine, you've got some some birdie holes, you've got a couple of real tough ones like 14, 15, and 18, and uh, uh, there's a lot more that can happen. And I think that's what people want to see. You know, they want to see options, they want to see players try different things, and no matter what they try, it's either going to work or it's going to blow up in their face. That's a great thing about this course, as Jordan Spieth mentioned yesterday with with Pete Dye. If you try, if you take chances and you don't have your game on 100%, bad things might happen.
2: So another Gary, okay. another hot topic um, that's kind of restarting to resurface again is this idea potentially of the players moving back to March. I know that you wrote a, a piece about it. <laughs> Uh, earlier uh, on the Jacksonville site, I mean, what do you what do you think about that? Share share a little bit of your thoughts there.
1: I, I think it's I think it's going to happen. I think that, that that everybody's convinced the tour. Uh, commissioner Jay Monahan gave his first interview as a commissioner of the Wall Street Journal in January, and he said that moving to March is an idea that he'd like to see happen. Well, when well, everybody kind of, oh, what are you doing? Uh, you know, especially the local media down here. And then they issued a statement backing off of that so we haven't made any firm decisions yet. And there's been a lot of waffling. Okay. There's been a lot of of uh you know, I, I don't think I, I don't think they anticipated the kind of reaction that they were gonna get because this has been in May. This will be the eleventh year in May, and uh, you know, people are kinda getting used to this time of the schedule and now they're talking about going to March. Now it makes sense for quite a few reasons. Namely, if the PGA moves to May, which is what they're talking about, the Players' Championship is going to have no no choice but to go to March. The PGA is still a major. The Players' Championship is not. It's a very, very good golf tournament. It's one of the best golf tournaments in the world, but it's still not at the status of, of the PGA regardless of what they might want. And, it's, and the PGA does not like the way the Olympics compressed Total? the summer golf schedule last year. And here's the thing. In Tokyo in 2020, the golf is going to be a week earlier than it was on the calendar in Brazil. So now you're, you're – you're, I mean, you're always talking about going I, – I think it might actually be a British Open, one week off, then Olympics and PGA. Uh, so the PGA of America kind of started this ball rolling. Uh, but I think it also makes sense to the players to be in March. If you shorten the FedEx Cup season – or fiddle with it to get this thing to end at Labor Day. When they started the FedEx Cup schedule, they only they went to the last week in September and they said, okay, well that's not really competing with football, with the bulk of football season. Now they see that competing with any part of football season is a battle that that, that the tour is not going to win. Any no sport is going to win that battle against the NFL and against the big time college games. So there's I think eventually this is going to happen. What I'm hearing is it could be an announcement as soon as. Summer, it could be made at the PGA Championship. It could be a joint announcement where the PGA announces they're moved to May, the players back to March. Hopefully, and Holly, you and I are a couple of old Florida swing people. We really enjoyed that time of year, and hopefully we can get back to a Florida swing with the Honda Classic, Palm Harbor, Bay Hill, and the players.
3: Couldn't agree with you more, Gary. We got to run. We appreciate your time. Real quick, who's your pick for Sunday? Real quick.
1: Uh, I think if there's ever going to be a defending team who's going to win, it's going to be Jason Day. If he doesn't win, then I don't think the defending team will ever win this tournament. But that said, uh, I, I really like the way Jordan Spieth has been practicing this week and he's been serious about this, and I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth. Whoa,
3: all right. Well, as always, we it, Gary Smith from the Florida Times Union here in Jacksonville giving us his uh, inside scoops on the players. Thanks, Gary, so much. All no right, problem. well, P, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh who's you pick, my friend?
2: Well, I know you're gonna take two, but uh, I'm gonna go with uh Rory McElroy and the the PJ Tour published this awesome process of elimination. And so they've got me as a believer, so I'm gonna take Rory on, on getting his first players. All
3: right. Well, we can have a couple of minutes here uh let me see if i can get some inside information real quick from the press room uh, well i don't know jordan speed you know he's been he's been filling around with his putter a little bit you got sergio just you know striking those irons into these greens um i think you know i think i gotta go for sergio
2: i knew you were gonna take him
3: with a little back-to-back here. Masters and the players. How legendary would that
2: be? That would be pretty sweet. I I must say, I, I would really enjoy seeing that if that, is, if that does happen.
3: Whoops! sorry. Will, you cut out?
2: Sorry about that. No, I said I would really enjoy actually seeing that if that does happen.
3: And, um... Let's see how about a sleeper pick who who are you going for for a sleeper pick?
2: Oh wow, well, Jeff brought up uh Kevin Kisner earlier, and he's kind of the the kind of guy who who has played well there in the past. He's had a decent year, and I know I took him last week uh he was kind of my we both kind of went with like a a B player list in our picks for the Wells Fargo, but I think he's kind of you know someone that you might want to have on your radar uh he's played like I said he's played well this year and he's played well at the stadium course.
3: You know, somebody we haven't talked about at all who plays extremely well here uh, is Hideki Matsuyama Um, and, you know, Justin Rose. You know, is a European going to put their name on the trophy again, as well as Henrik Sensen, a former champion, although, you know, he seems to be still fighting a little bit of an issue with that uh, torn meniscus in his knee. But, but, uh, you know, perhaps... uh, you could go with a past champion, a Matt Kuchar. Um, he hasn't
2: been playing that well as of late, though. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick any past champion, I think right now you've already picked him. It's Sergio for sure. Nobody's riding um, as high as he is right now.
3: Uh, my my second pick, just because I I think he just he loves this golf course and he's gonna have some good mojo after today, making that ace on seventeen, the island green. Okay, is Ricky Fowler. So. There's all kinds of things that may happen here. We know that's one of the things that makes the players such a great tournament, the best field of the entire year. So lots of storylines that could come out of this. And uh, we'll be back next week to wrap it all up. uh, Live for the Players' Championship, Howie G. and Will Perry. Keep it in the fairways. We love you. Bye-bye.
0: Hey golfers, tired?